Welcome to Beyond the Parent, the podcast for Christians seeking clarity for parenting in a confusing world. I am Jeremy Autry. And I'm Chuck Mead. And we are talking today about kind of launching off from our last episode of the top 10 spiritual influencers in the lives of children. Yeah, with a a long game in mind. We're talking about when we get to... The milestone of parenting where our kids are adults themselves and we want them to be successful. We want to look back over that time that we were parenting and say that was successful. And we would, we said last week, we would, or two weeks ago, we would define that by, hey, does my kid know Christ? Are they living for Christ? And these are the influencers that will play into that being successful. And the number one. By a wide margin. Wide margin. The single greatest influence over spiritual health is regular Bible reading while growing up. That's it. That's it. Regular Bible reading above everything else that you could think of. Above listening to the children's pastor. Above going to Sunday school. Above um, saying their prayers before they go to sleep. Above All of the other things, above not playing video games too much, above Mm -hmm. um, being careful about listening to music with ugly words in it. This trumps all of that. Mm -hmm. So would there be a scripture, Jeremy, that would come to your mind that would um, underscore that importance? Uh, Tons of them. Tons of scripture come to mind. Um, But I think um, maybe this is my favorite um, because it's Jesus, the creator of the universe, when he's being tempted says, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Uh, what your kid needs to know, and that's in Matthew chapter 4, what your kid needs to know about living life, where they're going to find that, not just the head knowledge, but deepening uh, their relationship with God himself, that's in his word. And so it's important that we see that Um, this idea of Bible reading, it's regular is the key. Because I think, obviously, yes, daily Bible reading is important. But that's not what they said. That's not what the common factor. Sometimes we can get so focused it has to be every single day. And if you have like a perfectionist personality and you miss one day and you're like, well, forget it. I can't do it anymore. Um, So the regular Bible reading is the key. And so let that be an encouragement if you're like, man, like we started off the new year great doing Bible reading whether that's you personally or as a family, but it's like, man, I've, we've lacked the past couple days or the past couple weeks. Get, we can get back in a regular habit um, and not give up completely because we missed a day or we right. missed a week as a family because maybe, maybe last week was just crazy. Maybe you had a bunch of sickness or you had something scheduled every single evening so you weren't able to do Bible reading together. Um, so the key is just regular Bible reading here. Yeah, and uh, your kid can handle this. Your kid, if they are reading, if they are at the age of reading, they can handle reading God's Word and getting something out of it. First of all, we can trust the Holy Spirit with our kids. Second of all, um, sometimes we worry that the Bible's too deep for kids to grasp, and we give them these Bible storybooks and blah, blah, blah. As a children's pastor, I'm telling you, your kid can handle the Bible. In elementary school, they're learning pre-algebra. Yeah. They're learning second languages. Um, 
they can handle God's Word, especially with the Holy Spirit and His ministry of uh, illuminating that Word. So, from this survey, as high as night, and this is just all all Americans, as, whole, as high as 89% of all American households own a copy of the Bible, but only one in five churchgoers reads the Bible every single day. Um, then they also did some uh, research where 53% of Americans have read only several passages of the Bible or less. 13% have only read a few Bible sentences. Um, 10% have read none of the Bible. So, I mean, we are living in a culture where having a Bible, having access to a Bible is very common. But even amongst church-going people, regularly reading the Bible is not as common. That's crazy. First of all, the access to God's Word is even it's even more available than what you said. Every adult, every teenager has a phone in their pocket where they can pull up any scripture that they want in any translation they want in any language they want within seconds. Yeah. There's no excuse. This is the time in the history of the world that God's Word is most accessible uh, to all of us, and not just the written word. Um, there are Bible apps that will read God's word to you, so you can listen to it. Uh, it's it is so accessible. Uh, so what it boils down to is, we say we believe the Bible is important, but our actions prove otherwise. Mm-hmm. So this is what we want to spend this episode doing: encouraging you. We we've already talked about this is um, the number one factor, number one spiritual influencer in uh, kids who grew up to uh, become adults that love Jesus and, and serve Him and um, are in, engaged in their church. So the number one factor that I think we need to start with in encouraging um, all of us as parents to make this a habit with our kids is that we first must model a lifestyle of faithful, faithfully reading the Bible. Us personally. Yeah, because the truth is, uh, anything that you force your kid to do that you yourself are not willing to do, um, they're only going to do it as long as you're forcing them to do it. You're actually teaching them whether or not this is important with your actions concerning yourself more than you are with what you require of them. Right. And we understand that, okay, this is going to look differently for uh, the ages of your kids. So obviously, yes, you're going to be, when your kid's very, very young, there's going to just be a level of you reading, whether that's a Bible, a story from a children's Bible to your youngest kids. Then as they get a little bit older and they're able to read on their own, then they can start reading. And maybe you do that together. Maybe you help them. Um, And then it's going to get to a point when they're older, and this is something they can do privately, but then you talk about about it later. Jeremy, what would you say to the parent who it's like, I have not been consistent in reading my Bible? And so how can I instruct my kids to do that before I make that a habit? Would you say that parent has to first make that a habit for a period of time before they even bring it up to their kids? I don't think so. I think, uh, first of all, we need to remember our kids are people. They're humans, and we get we can be human in front of them. I think you can sit down with your kid and say, hey, this is something we are starting as a family. I'm, I want you to do it. I'm going to do it. We're going to mess up sometimes. We're going to 
we're going to drop the ball sometimes, but this needs to be a new habit in our lives. Mm-hmm. And um, then as you attempt to to put this new habit into practice, you need to be open with your kid. Hey, I messed this up today, you know? Um, and the best way to follow up, which I'm convicted when I say these things, um, my follow-up is normally, hey, did you read your Bible this morning? Mm-hmm. My follow, a better, healthier follow-up is, hey, here's what I got. Here's what I learned today when I was reading the Bible. Tell me about what you learned today when you read the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a much more this conversational, non-confrontational, non Accusatory, yeah, hey, that's a good word, Jamie. Yeah, that is. You know, uh, we can deescalate this and not make it a battle. Instead, right. make it like this joint journey that right. we're going on together. And then it's much healthier because I'm showing you this is important to me, and we're talking about the practical benefits of how this plays out in our lives. Right. But so, <clears throat> if you haven't made this a daily habit, this can be something you start. Don't wait till you get a good six months down before you even bring it up to your kids. Be real and open and honest with your kids. Hey, we're going to be doing this together. Um, This is something that I want to make more of a habit in my life. And so, hey, let's jump in on this together. And I think that vulnerability, that um, just being real, that's going to speak volumes into your kid's life um, where they're not accusing you of being hypocritical. You're being honest that it's not been a priority. You want to make that a priority together. Yeah. Um, so modeling it, us reading our Bibles personally as parents is, is key. Um, then I would say we should, it's really just a matter of carving out time and creating priorities um, for your kids to engage in regular Bible reading. So make this uh, a happen. I know people are going to do this very differently, Jeremy. Some and they pe- should. Yeah. Some people can sit down and do family devotions. Some people are in a season where they can do that, but others are not. Um, uh, maybe you're like me and you're just like trying to get hours of sleep and you're just like, man, whenever I can, uh, just, uh, have downtime like that is when I need to sleep. So I I realize that people's schedules are going to look differently. There's room for that, but a lot of times it's easy for us to just say, Hey, I don't have time to do this when it's just cause we're not carving out time. We're not making it a priority. Yeah. So for ourselves, we have to make it a priority. Um, and then for our kids, we have to help them make time for it and make it a priority. They're kids. We're supposed to be training them in all these different areas of their lives, and we're doing it for other things. We're helping to make sure they got their homework done. We're asking them about that. Mm-hmm. We're helping them to make sure they make it to practice on time. We don't just leave that up to them. We're helping them make sure that they meet these other obligations or accomplish these other things that we have deemed important. Yes. Um, But then we look at Bible reading and we say, "Uh, maybe they'll find some time today Mm -hmm. to read their Bible. Yeah. And we should be putting that on the same level. Right. Actually, above all of those other things, I firmly believe it's more important for your kid to know God's Word, understand God's Word, and be in God's Word every day than it is for them to understand calculus and know calculus and pass calculus. I firmly believe that. I took calculus, and here I am, Mm. forgotten all of the calculus. Uh, It played no big role in my life. I think Bible reading is more important than than any other um, intake of information, Mm -hmm. and we need to treat it that way. Yeah. 
So I think it's important that we realize this should be a priority. Um, a lot of times people will say, well, I want my kids to desire. And, and some parents may say, hey, um, my kid, maybe I'm trying to get my teenager or something to do this. And they're just, f- the more I pressure them to do this, because maybe it this is just something you started late. They're just getting mad. I can't do this. I can't force them to. Then I get some people, like, you're just going to have to be creative in the way you um, get your kids to do this. We all demand our kids to do something. Like we don't give them a choice to brush their teeth, I hope. But the, so there, there are things that we lay down the ground rules and say, Hey, like, as long as you're in my house, this is just something you're going to do. The goal is of course, we want them to desire to get in the word. But I mean, there's mornings where I'm doing, I'm getting in the word of God and it is just, it's a habit. It's a struggle to keep my eyes open. It's something I know I need, but it's not something in that moment I'm delighting. Our goal is that our kids would delight to get in the Bible, but we also want them to develop the habits to see, hey, this is something we do because we need, we need to hear from God, even if we don't feel like it in that moment. I also believe I get something from reading God's word, even if I don't come at it with the right motives, yes. even if my reason for doing it is wrong, even if I'm just doing it out of habit, God's word is alive and powerful and the Holy Spirit is at work. And when I open this book and read the words of truth, the words of life, it impacts me. I learn, I grow, um, and then experiencing that is what causes me eventually to more often come back to it with a, an excitement and a longing and a desire. Mm-hmm. You can't expect the cart to come before the horse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, we got to carve out that time. Just some other thoughts we have. Um, this is more so going to apply to um, parents of younger kids. If you want to get your kids to read the Bible, and Jeremy, I'll let you speak more into this, but choosing an appropriate Bible for your kids, something that's going to be durable, obviously to survive the wear and tear, and something they're going to understand. What do you recommend to parents there? Um, you know, I, I, every kid's different. Mm-hmm. Every family's different. And uh, try not to stick my nose too deeply into this. Um, I will say, uh, hopefully very diplomatically, that every translation we have is a translation. Your mm-hmm. kid's not reading Greek and Hebrew. Right. So take a breath. Yeah. And um, get your kid in God's Word yeah. reading some translation that they can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, Bible storybooks, I love, and they're appropriate for preschoolers, kindergartners, kids who are just learning to read. Right. Um, you have to know your kid. You have to know what grade level they're reading on. But... Our English translations are written on a low grade level. That's mm-hmm. truth. Um, and sure, there's going to be things that are hard to understand. I am a Bible college graduate, and I'm 79 years old, and I still come across Scripture that's really hard for me to understand, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm not being transformed by it. So um, don't get carried away with that concept. Um, so choose a Bible that your kid can get something out of, that your kid can understand, and then have conversations with them to make sure they're understanding and to help them understand. And you play that role, especially as they're younger. As kids get older, it needs to be more them taking ownership of it and um, ingesting it themselves, Mm -hmm. digesting it themselves. 
Then I would also say that it's very important to use a Bible reading plan. It's very hard to be consistent in reading the Bible. If we're doing the lucky dipping method, I'm just going to open the Bible and point, and wherever I point is hey, where. If that's you, we're not today. making fun of you. Yeah. Maybe a little. But so it's important to have a plan. Jeremy, what would you say, uh, maybe some resources you encourage families or even kids to have Bible reading plans? I don't know how much. Yeah. Um, how much you want to offer there? I, uh, I want to offer a lot, but to be honest, I don't have a ton of resources that I suggest. I'm a big proponent of letting God's word be God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think we need to be careful expecting a ton of reading, especially based on age, but really starting um, off everyone. Yeah. You know, sometimes this, this section of scripture, not even this whole chapter, sometimes this verse is what God is saying to me today, and this is the nugget that I need, and, yeah. and that's okay. It doesn't have to be, you know, if you're going to read through the Bible in a year, I think you have to read three chapters a day or something like that. It doesn't have to be that. God didn't put this, hey, you've got to read my word all the way through every year. You right. know what I mean? So um, that's not a realistic or maybe even healthy goal for everybody. Right. But at the same time, there's some people that it is, you mm-hmm. know, so it's going to be different in every situation. I guess I would just say to uh, the parent of an elementary age kid, let's be realistic. Yeah. And it's safer to set in the beginning those expectations low mm-hmm. instead of too high. Yeah. Um, because the last thing we want to do is get a kid discouraged or overwhelmed because we're telling a seven-year-old they need to read a chapter of Deuteronomy yeah. every day. Yeah. You know? uh, so I also would tell parents, start with... Um, some of the books of the Bible that are telling a story so that your kid can get into that story and be mm-hmm. excited about what's going on. And um, there's great value in them reading through a book systematically through that whole book in order instead of just jumping around, mm-hmm. you know, so they are getting chronologically mm-hmm. what's going on. You know, if we're reading in the Old Testament, they're putting those stories in Genesis in order yeah. and seeing how the generations connect to each other. Some of those things that are valuable. If they're reading the Gospels, that they're finishing one Gospel going into the next and they're mm-hmm. seeing that this is a telling of the same stories they read you know, in the previous. There's a lot of value in that that kids are missing. That's good. So I think that that is bringing up some good thoughts is the way my brain works, I love, okay, I'm going to start January 1st and I'm going to go through this new Bible reading plan. And so what I really emphasize to our students um, to start off 2024 was, hey, choose a Bible reading plan. So we were emphasizing in the month of December and I came across a resource. I think Lifeway does it, Jeremy. This, again, this is not a Lifeway promoted podcast. They do have some good resources for families. And it's called the Foundations Bible Reading Plan by Robbie Gallaty and his wife. And um, they, what this is, is it's reading through um, the main storyline of scripture in a year. It's not every single chapter. So it's skipping over portions of scripture, um, but it's highlighting the main storyline of scripture from Genesis to Revelation in a year. And it's reading about two chapters a day 
just Monday through Friday. So it's like a five day a week Bible reading plan. And they, um, that way, Hey, if you missed a day, you can catch up on, on Saturday and Sunday. And so, um, they have a book that kind of teaches you how to study the Bible and gives you the plan. Um, they have one for adults, one for students and one for kids. And I loved the one for the kids. Those are excellent. And so I, I like, I'm going through that just to experience it myself before why it's old enough to read. Cause I'd love to do that together as a family, but I kind of want to see what it looks like. And I gave that, you can just print out handouts, um, or download a PDF of the Bible reading plan. It's also available on you version. Um, which is, if you're not familiar, the YouVersion Bible app is fantastic. Um, that is pretty much every translation of the Bible, and it has a ton of Bible reading plans, and it's all free. Um, so if you've never accessed that, and you'd just like to check it out. Um, so that, again, that's something that we just encourage our teens to do. It's a good Bible reading, but hey, like you're listening to this in mid to late January. So, I mean, um, it's hard to like, hey, I'm going to start if yeah. you're starting fresh. So I think just to start through a book of the Bible, hey, we're going to read through John. Like, let's just do this. Let's just do a chapter a day, you know, and then uh, adjust that with your family and then go through an entire book together and then go to another book of the Bible and just walk systematically through yeah. that. Be careful to don't get your 12-year-old bogged down in, um, you know, the book of revelation you know what i mean yeah. not not everything's the best thing to, yes. to dive into at uh-huh. a certain age i'm not saying there's parts of the bible that are um you know not for all of us but uh, if you start in genesis in january by the time you get to deuteronomy there's going to be some hard plowing you know right. so it's right. okay to skip over things and and come back to them later and if you're an adult and we're talking about your bible reading that might be different but mm-hmm. especially as we're talking about kids um there was one other thing i i should have uh touched on earlier uh i love devotions yeah uh, my kids often use a devotion a little different than what you were talking about an actual devotion where Somebody has written out, you know, these paragraphs talking about the application of a particular scripture, and then it'll have that verse at the bottom of the page, mm-hmm. or those verses at the bottom of the page, and and um, and then there'll be some questions for the kid to think over in their mind, and maybe even a prayer or a prayer prompt at the end. Those mm-hmm. are beautiful; they're great, but sometimes they're a crutch. Your kid needs to be in God's word, yeah. not just in somebody else's opinion of God's word. Yes. Um, uh, the the value in this, if we're looking long term, is for my kid to discover these biblical truths on their own mm-hmm. and and chew it up and think through it and then develop their own um, convictions based on this truth that they're learning. So this can be a lifelong conviction. It's more important, I believe, than listening to preaching and hearing someone else's thoughts on these verses. So the same thing is true from these devotions. If your kid's reading a devotion rock on, mm-hmm. keep reading your devotion, yeah. but make sure there's some Bible reading going along with that devotion time. Even if it's just a section, a few verses at a time, make sure that their whole um, encounter with God's Word isn't just through the lens of someone else. That's good. That's a good thought. Because especially if you get into, um, like, you version again, the app has, I mean in a limitless amount of Bible reading plans, it seems like. And some of those can just be like, yes, these great devotionals that are good, 
But again, it's the words of men. It's not getting into the the meat of the word of God, which is really, you know, what we need for daily life. And so that is, um, it's important to see like, hey, those are good add-ons, good resources, but don't let that replace our intake of the word of God. And so, Jeremy, do you have any any other thoughts about um, or encouragement to, to parents to getting into the Word with their kids? Um, I probably should. I probably left your notes where you had something really important I was supposed to notice here. But We're good. I, I mean, I really just think you believe this. You wouldn't be listening to this lame podcast if you didn't believe the Word of God was important and mm-hmm. that it played an important role in your parenting. Right. You believe it. Um, but sometimes it's really hard to put into practice what we believe because there's so much getting in the way of it. Yeah. So just, I mean, let's just go out and read the Bible. Right. You know, it, if you're a morning person, read it in the morning. I think that's safe and a good way to start your day. But if you get to bedtime and you haven't, then turn off Netflix mm-hmm. and give God 15 minutes yeah. and read your Bible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, make this the thing that you have to have. Right. And then pass that on to your kid. And normalize conversations about it. I think that's one we're constantly having to pivot and learn, okay, what, know your kids and then what works best for them. Because there's so many different times I've tried different, okay, I'm going to read this children's Bible with Wyatt and I'm going to try this. And I'm realizing like, this is way too much for him and him being, he's a, a little developmentally delayed and things like that. And so I'm having to adjust. And then I found this very simple, like toddler Bible reading thing through Answers in Genesis that he loved. And so I'm like, okay, until he gets a little bit older, this is all I can do right now to at least, and it's not even walking through the Bible. It's teaching him truths about God and teaching him about the Bible, but I want to start somewhere. So it may take some trial and error with your family, um, but have conversations about where where you're at, what your family's plan is, what your plan is, where where your kids are at, and adjust. But then when you get in the Word of God, normalize conversations in the car on the dinner t- table about what you're reading in Scripture. That's, that is crucial. Yeah. And uh, I just will say, at my house, this is expected. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I try very hard not to make it a point of contention contention yeah. or be combative about it. Okay. Um, so there's a line there, a healthy, this is what we are doing without me throwing my weight around and making it, you know, a battle. Yes. Um, and I want to walk that line well, because I believe this is important for my kids and I need them not just coming at it as I've got to do this, right. you know? So that includes all the stuff that we're talking about, engaging in your kids' communication about it finding out what they're learning, sharing what you're learning, mm-hmm. showing some grace when they drop the ball or or forget or oversleep or whatever the deal is, you yeah. know, but helping them learn to prioritize it. Walk with grace. It, it's probably not going to motivate your kid to take a sledgehammer to their PlayStation 5 if they didn't read their Bible. Oh, you know what goodness. I mean? So, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you want to uh, ha- walk that line, show grace, expect it, but then also they, they don't need the hammer down yeah. when they miss a day or they are not seeing it as a priority in right, the moment. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. a good reminder. That's good. Yeah. Good. Well thank you guys for listening to Beyond a Parent. Remember parenting is beyond us, but in Christ we have all that we need for this journey.
Thanks, guys. <laughs>